Welcome to the September Favorites File. First off, I want to thank all of you because this month I've had more downloads in the month than I've had since I started, which is great because last month was really low and I was feeling kind of, gosh, am I not putting out good content? What's going on? But I think it was just August. I think we were all too busy getting kids back into school, not back into school, into online learning, all that mess of stuff, right? So thank you. September 2020 has been my best month yet, and I appreciate you all for that very much. In this episode, I'm going to share some perspective about exclusivity as it relates to a wave or a trend of moving podcasts to a specific platform exclusively and what I think of it. Also going to talk a little bit about a term, a marketing term specifically, that I think is widely misunderstood and probably has to do with the fact that people in marketing are getting lazy about how we're using it. And last, I'm going to give you an update on what's going on with me and my journey towards clarifying my target audience. Welcome to the episode. Thank you again. I'll see you on the other side of the introduction. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. By show of hands, how many of you listen to Michelle Obama's podcast? And how many of you have tried to find it on the podcast player of your choice and not the one that you listen to all your podcasts on? That would be me. I have Stitcher on my phone. It's the only podcast player I have downloaded on my phone because I don't want to take up too much space with multiple apps that do the same thing. Well, guess what? Her podcast is exclusive on Spotify. And this week, I received an email from Brene Brown saying that as of January, her podcast, Unlocking Us, and her new podcast, Dare to Lead, will be exclusive to Spotify. Here is what her email said. My new Dare to Lead podcast will launch October 19th exclusively on Spotify, and Unlocking Us will move exclusively to Spotify in January. It was very important to me to build a podcast home where people can continue to listen for free. I wanted a home for both podcasts, and I wanted it to be a place that felt collaborative, adventurous, and full of music, like my actual house, where you'd find guitar stands in every room and framed pictures of everyone from Willie Nelson and Aretha Franklin to Freddie Fender, Mick Jagger, and Angus Young hanging on my walls. So my first reaction to this was one of frustration and disappointment. Now I'm going to have to change my habits and actually remember to go to Spotify for not one, but two podcasts. And in all honesty, I thought it seemed a bit selfish of Brene Brown, which if you know me well, you know I am a big fan of her work and her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, which helped me through one of the hardest years of my life. So thinking she is being selfish was very uncomfortable. I also didn't really buy her reasoning, free to listen. I use Stitcher's free version and have had no problem listening to her podcast or any other one that I want to listen to. And on a place filled with music, 
okay, Stitcher isn't that, but that is not what I'm looking for when I listen to podcasts. I don't have a music playlist with a podcast in the middle of it. I felt like she was making it harder to listen to her show, not easier. By this time, my curiosity was starting to kick in. Why exclusivity of platform? When I was researching and starting my own show, all the experts and resources I read said to be on as many platforms as possible to be found by your audience. And this holds true in general marketing strategy. Be where your audience is so they can easily find you and get to know you. So exclusivity on Spotify flies in the face of that recommendation. I was curious enough about this that I posted the question in the She Podcast Facebook group. I wrote, tell me why there is a benefit from a listener's perspective to have her show exclusively on Spotify. The answers were enlightening, but did not really address the listener's perspective. And that is because the benefit is to the platform and to the show, not the listener. Spotify has a strategy, and that strategy is to grow their downloads and their listeners in the podcast space. So they're offering significant amounts of money to podcasters with well-established brands. Think Brene Brown, Michelle Obama, Joe Rogan, in exchange for exclusive rights to their show. This benefits the platform and the show. The platform will become more widely used for podcasts because they believe the listeners will follow the shows and they will start listening to their other favorites on Spotify as well. And the show benefits because it's getting paid. As Bonnie Frank, a podcast guest on this show, said in the comments to my post, exclusivity benefits those being paid for their exclusivity. So with all that considered, I still don't like it. I still feel like it's borderline selfish, but I understand the motivation behind it. If I was her and Spotify offered me a big sum of money to have my show exclusively on their platform, I'd do it too. But the thing I wish that Brene Brown had done was just say, look, Spotify offered us a deal that was too good to pass up. I'd believe that more than I do the free access and surrounded by music line that she put in her email. I feel like that is an excuse or a story to just cover up the real reason. And that doesn't feel like Brene Brown or her brand to me. And before I wrap up this rant, I want to say exclusivity is not going to work for everyone. What I was told when starting my podcast, beyond several platforms, is still excellent advice. When you are working to build a following, you do need to be where your target audience is. Brene Brown was there 10 years ago, and then her TED Talk exploded and everyone knew her. You have to work to create a following. And that means making it as easy as possible to find you, contact you, work with you, engage with you. You will get to a point in your business when you can become more selective, more picky, more exclusive. But that's not going to happen overnight. And speaking of building a following, let's talk more about how you do that. 
This week, I started listening to a new-to-me podcast, Launch for Profit with Steve J. Larson. When I start listening to a new show, I almost always go back to the first episodes to start with. And for this one, it was good that I did. Steve builds upon his ideas from one show to the next, so listening in order offers a better perspective and understanding. The episode that I want to focus on is titled The Death of Campaigns, and there he talks about the importance of understanding what a campaign truly is. And just as a little bit of background, Steve Larson worked for ClickFunnels for a number of years, building out funnels for them, and it is this knowledge that he shares on the show as well as what he has found by researching marketers from years gone by, back when the internet didn't exist, because launches existed during that time. So how did they do it? A key premise then that he weaves into every show is that, like I said, launches have been around forever. It's just the tools that we use to do them have evolved. So going back to the takeaway from the Death of Campaigns episode, he emphasized that buying Facebook ads is not a campaign. An email campaign. Yeah, that's not a campaign either. It is one tactic in a campaign. And it is one tactic regardless of how many ads you place on Facebook or the number of emails that you send. You need to do much more. These are just examples of the small steps that lead to the bigger event that you're actually promoting. We seem to have lost track of what campaign actually means, and I think it's because the word has become so overused and interchangeable among marketers. Maybe as marketers, we've assumed that people know what we mean when we say campaign and then only talk about one tactic, so the impression is that a singular tactic is a campaign. If that's the case, marketers, including me, have messed it up. But the real point is, campaigns are important to the success or failure of a product or service. If you look at campaigns as a singular ad buy on Facebook, you aren't doing enough. You are banking on that one tactic to create the end result. And how realistic is that? The example Larson shared was the release of a new movie. You don't just hear about the new movie the week that it launches or the day before. Would a movie ever sell enough tickets to be a blockbuster at that rate? Absolutely not. So let's back up. What happens when that new movie started production? They also start promoting it. How many months before the new Mulan movie was released did Disney start talking about it? Think about the last time you watched the trailers in a movie theater. Okay, so maybe that was a while ago, given that theaters are just now opening back up. But remember, at the end of a trailer, there's always a coming to theaters date. Sometimes that date is years away. The new Top Gun sequel. How long have we been hearing about that? At least two or three years. And it isn't scheduled to be released for, what, at least another year, I think. They're creating a buzz about the movie, getting people excited about it, creating tension and demand for it. This is what a campaign does. Now, do you get the same response from a Facebook ad campaign? Probably not. And why is that? Because your message is only being seen on Facebook. Or what about that email campaign? Nope. 
That message is only being seen by the people who choose to open the email and read it. When a movie is promoted years in advance, besides the theater trailers, where else are you seeing it? On TV? Probably online ads? YouTube videos? Interviews with various stars on talk shows? Articles in popular magazines? The list goes on and on. You may even be seeing merchandise for the movies. All of these tactics, the trailers, the ads, the articles, interviews, merchandise, those are all part of a campaign. A campaign is a specific, defined series of activities used in marketing to create buzz about a new product or a changed service. They complement each other and help accomplish the goal. Think about this the next time you are trying to generate attention for something new you are offering in your business. Is a one-and-done announcement going to cut it? What else do you need to do to create buzz and interest about it? Does it need weeks to get that interest going? Do you need to start talking about it before it is done? There, that one is a hard one. How many of us keep quiet about what we are working on until it is done? because we want it to be perfect? Yep, that'd be me as it relates to my own work, so I get that one. It isn't as hard as it sounds, but it does need to be more than just one tactic. If you listened last week, I shared the challenge that I'm facing trying to gain clarity around my target audience in a way that allows me to be more specific in how I speak on my LinkedIn profile. And the realization that I lacked clarity made me feel like a fraud. So I thought I'd give you an update of what's happened over the last week. I'm still working on it. I'm still overthinking it. And I'm likely making the process about 20 times harder than it needs to be. But I've decided I'm going to trust the process because I've heard success stories from many who have taken this course that I'm in. So I'm leaning into what feels uncomfortable and unnatural to me. How many times have you heard me say that with greater clarity and understanding comes an ease and a focus to what you need to say and when? I'm sure it has been too many times to count. So my goal is to get my LinkedIn profile to the point that my ideal client feels as though I am speaking directly to them, even though we may have not yet met. Again, I will tell you it is not easy, but it is helping me grow and understand how my own clients feel when I push them to dig deeper and think about a critical piece of their business in a slightly different perspective. I also need to remind myself to keep checking the continuity of message between what my LinkedIn profile says and what my website says, because if those don't match, well, then I have a much bigger problem. Are you routinely running your own opportunities through a brand filter? Let me tell you a quick story. Recently, I had a conversation with a colleague who had just hosted a lead generating webinar. The intent was to encourage people to sign up for his primary coaching package. He had great attendance, lots of follow-up questions, but zero conversions. We talked about it for a little while, and finally I asked him, what do you think went wrong? Why do you think they didn't have any conversions? His response was he thought it had to do with his messaging. 
based on our conversation and because I know who the decision makers are for his coaching package, I asked if those individuals were in the webinar. There was a pause in our conversation and then he said, you know what? No, they weren't. His message was only part of why he didn't get conversions. His message, the audience who participated, as opposed to the audience he wanted, and the intention of the webinar were not in alignment. When these three things are out of alignment, attracting the right people to your business is challenging, if not impossible. While he had engaged participants, they were not who needed to hear his message about the transformation his coaching can do in their business. After our conversation, he's now confident in what his strategy needs to be moving forward, has more clarity around his message, the correct audience, and the intended outcome for the webinar. His next step is consistently sharing the message to get the right people in the next session that he offers. If this sounds all too familiar to you, schedule a discovery call with me today. Clarity, consistency, and confidence will move your next strategy towards growth rather than back to the drawing board. To schedule a discovery call with me, drop me an email at amy at amyaustinmarketing.com or visit the scheduling link found on the show notes for this week's episode. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.